Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's episode 27. Today is June 3rd, 2020. Uh, Josh, we've had a lot of heat coming this week. Um, temperatures really starting to push this crop along, especially after some of that that rain and warmer and, and sunshine type weather that we've started to have in these recent days. So I think as we just take a look at, as we transition through this show, just a nice update of where we're sitting crop stage wise, GDU wise. And then as we move into uh, the second portion of today's show, we'll just talk a little bit about some of those considerations we want to keep top of mind as we think about some of this extreme heat uh, for maybe the rest of this week. But for starters, could you just walk us through maybe where we're sitting GDU wise? Yeah, uh, GDU wise for Preston, and and this is from uh, April twentieth. So this is kind of that that first window of planning, and you know that we collected GDUs through there. It wasn't a a really warm April there, but uh, since April twentieth, we're sitting at three hundred eighty three. Uh, GDUs in Preston and if you look at kind of the staging of the crop that's going to put a lot of stuff around that that V3 window there is some corn knocking on right on V4 but you know looking at that there's a lot of crop kind of mimicking what that GDU is and um, you know looking forward I think we're going to make some huge progress here the next week or two but um, the corn is kind of sitting there in, in in a good spot here but it's also going to change dramatically looking at what we got coming here the next couple weeks um, you know otherwise you know Allie um, you know, the corns, you know, we've been out flying stands. Um, just anything, you know, you want to discuss there, kind of what you're seeing or where the corn's at GDU-wise, stage-wise, you know, what are you seeing or what's going on, you know, for the corn plant this time of year? Yeah, so you talk about it sitting kind of right at that V3 stage, and I've just noticed from my observations this week and then conversations I've had uh, with our sales reps and customers that we are starting to see as you look across the field, you'll maybe start to see some yellowing and some randomized patterns. Some of that I think just comes back to, you can tell where there's a maybe maybe a little more residue coming into play over other areas. And then in some cases, as you walk out there, some plants are firing symptomology that would look similar to a sulfur deficiency. Uh, but in most of those cases, we know we have that nutrient there. It's just that as, as that corn plant sits at that V3 stage, we're starting to make that transition from its dependence on the kernel reserves and then moving into that nodal root system. So this is kind of that stage that people refer to as maybe that ugly corn stage, um, just needs some time to get some warmth and sunshine to get it out of that, that yellowing color in most cases. But all in all, my observations, I've been pretty thrilled with some of the stands we've seen out there, Josh, but I was mentioning to you, I think this year we've had a little more time to really assess those stands versus feeling really compressed in years past. And so really being a little more critical and noticing gaps here or there that really aren't a big deal, but in some cases we just keep keep talking about what those could be. So just curious, maybe your take on some of that. Yeah, I've had that question a lot as I've been out, you know, walking stands or even using the UAV to do stand counts and looking at the growers. And, you know, it's twofold. If you're walking along and you, you see a 12 inch gap, your natural thing is to go dig around and see what was going on there. And, you know, one thing, Allie, when we fly stands or UAV, it marks out 12 inch gaps. So you get a big yellow, yellow box and then you get all these little yellow boxes around that the grower says, well, what's, why are all those missing or what's going on there? And in Ellie, as I've walked stands and looked at, you know, okay, how many seeds we drop, how many seeds we got. I mean, overall stand counts, I think are, are very good. Um, you know, there may be some issues out there here and there, but um, for the most part um, in my world here at Pioneer Ellie, I haven't been out on a stand establishment service call yet, which, you know, knock on wood, that could change. But usually by now I've been on a few of those on a given year, but you know, things are looking good. And really what I'm looking at is, you know, most uh, a sea corn base are tagged at 95% germ. And when I really start doing the math of what we're counting versus what we dropped, 
it's usually between we're maybe five to seven percent short and those gaps we have are are just kind of some of those seeds that that you know aren't viable that don't make germ and um i really think that's what it's boiling down to i don't think it's anything that really environmentally there could be some cold effects to this but really for how good the stands are i don't think the cold really impacted us that much but i think we're just kind of looking at those five percent that are on the tag that, that sometimes don't germ and and make it but other than that um it seems like majority of the bunch are there alley from what i'm seeing over to the east how about you to the west yeah to the west i mean similar story like i mentioned as i kind of led led into that conversation stands overall just look really phenomenal but we've had just a little more time to really nitpick some of those stands in a few cases but it's like i mentioned to you i had to remind myself earlier this week this week back to the fact that we are sitting at that 95 percent germ and as you do the math or, or use your eyes to find those plants that uh, should be ones that maybe aren't going to be there in every case it's we're sitting right about where we need to be so really happy uh, stand wise but another thing as i look at just common questions um, that i've had this week so yesterday had you know two three calls on the fact that their corn was looking a little purple and just curious is that a phosphorus deficiency um, is that maybe genetic purpling? So it is something that catches your eye, uh, but kind of my rule of thumb that I like to do as I'm out walking fields, um, if the purple color is more uniform across the field or maybe a particular area, um, that usually tells us that it's probably more of a, a genetic type of effect. And this is a lot easier to tell it's genetic, if, especially if you're in a field with a couple different hybrids, sometimes one's gonna act a touch different than others. But if the purpling's a little more erratic in some of those cases, that could be um, an indication of phosphorus being the limiting factor there. Any additional thoughts on that, Josh? Yeah, you can see the way, and if it is genetic uh, in the product advancement world, we call that the yield genes. If you got purple corn, uh, expect big yields come fall. And Allie, when we uh, come out of break, we'll talk a little bit about uh, some other things and really get into some weed control topics.